Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store, located at 1200 Central Avenue in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. Listening to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look at the history, the culture, the people, and the stories behind what is in that glass you swirl every night or day or morning or whatever time <laughs> in your life you have something in your glass. I'm Julie Glenn. And I'm Gina Birch. Today we're celebrating International Pinot Noir Day. I think we need like some drums or sound effects. Can you... Well, we, we can always call on our good friend Titus Andromedon. Yes, we can, right? <laughs> it's so funny. So this is celebrated every year on August 18th. It's a grape that we like to celebrate year-round, although. And we did a series on grapes in the Zodiac, and we paired Pinot Noir with Libra. If you want to go back, and maybe we'll put a link uh, so people can listen to that as well. But when you talk about versatility and compatibility and complexity, to me, uh, you know, Pinot Noir is, a, is one of those grapes that just has it all. And for me, it is totally the heartbreak grape. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm growing it, because it's hard to grow. Right. But it's a heartbreak grape because if I get Pinot Noir, the chances of being disappointed can be so much greater. Yeah. Especially it, when I'm trying to spend less money. It's one of those, you mentioned money, that I think in most cases, not every case, but you really do get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way it is, sadly. And some of them you, you pay an awful lot for. And winemakers refer to it for the heartbreak grape because it's so tough to grow and the skins are thin and they're easily damaged and susceptible, susceptible to, disease, to yeah. yeah, all that kind of stuff. All that stuff. Which, and the yields are lower to begin with, so all of that is one of the reasons why it's higher and disappoints. Yeah. yeah, it's, so it's higher in price because you only have so much to sell. Mm-hmm. You gotta make more money off of each bottle. Right. So I get it and understand it, but the problem is, it's just sometimes if I spend a little bit more and I still am not in love with it, I'm extra mad. I know, I get it, mm-hmm. and I shy away from a lot of the affordable ones in the grocery store. You know, we because have... you know they're mainly Syrah anyway. <laughs> well, that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah, <laughs> boy, you just t- almost took us down a rabbit hole there. But um, yeah, so we've got a bunch of different Pinots in front of us today, and they they run the gamut. Most are what I would call affordable. So we'll see how they uh, are tasting as we go on through the show here. Pinot Noir is the king of the hill in uh, Burgundy, mm-hmm. the hills of Burgundy, I yes. should say. That was by edict back in the day. Um, they made Burgundy, only Pinot Noir. Then they have um, Beaujolais, which is nearby, that has Gamay. Mm-hmm. And they really kicked Gamay out. They were just like, no, we will not have any Gamay. Nah. You must nah. leave. Pack your Gamay bags and get out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, no, it was like um, enforced by uh, laws that were made to make sure that that delineation was clear. Right. Um, it's, a, it's one of the noble grapes, of course. Um, so, and it's Pinot is from the French word for pine, pine cone, because mm-hmm. the little clusters of grapes look like a little pine cone. Right. The way so, they're shaped. Thus the name. And then, of course, noir refers to the color, this uh, Pinot Noir being the darker um, of them. And a long time ago, I wrote a thing. Uh, if I, here's another rabbit hole. <laughs> I wrote a thing about, like, if the Pinots were a family, mm-hmm. Pinot Noir would be the dad, you know, because okay. it's the big daddy-o. And then Pinot Blanc. That'd be the mom? Would be the mom. Okay. Who she can be the lean athletic mom or the more full bodied mom, mm-hmm. depending on where she's being grown. And then you have Pinot Grigio, our favorite gray, Pinot Gris, 
um, that is named because it has kind of a, like a light pink, gray, grayish looking kind of skin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be our cheerleader teenage daughter. Okay. Gets along with everybody. Mm-hmm. Pretty likable. I'm not going to say vapid, but I am going to say um, not Thank as... you, because I was a cheerleader, and I hope I'm not vapid. I, I was not a cheerleader due to lack of coordination um, and also heavy metal deep yeah. love. So, um, so, uh, but like Pinot Grigio would definitely be the cheerleader. It gets along with everybody, fun, happy, mm-hmm. easy breezy, beautiful color girl, cover mm-hmm. girl. So um, there's that. And then um, the Pinot Meunier, which is our, our little uh, dark buried guy up in uh, Champagne region, in France, uh, he offers a lot of the spice to uh, some of the blends in Champagne. Hmm. So um, I think he's more like the emo, you know, tween yeah. kid, you know? I think that's a good description. You did very well with that. Good. Bravo. Bravo. I love characterizing grapes, which is part of where that whole uh, horoscope thing. Right. And the reason we made Libra um, Pinot Noir is because Libras just love beautiful things. They just mm. like things to be pretty. And Pinot Noir is often described as a pretty wine. Yeah. Elegant. I hear the word. That yeah. word is referred to a lot. Um, and, you know, when we, you mentioned Burgundy, and that's kind of like where it's king. And I know it's international uh, day, but we are only talking about domestic Pinots today. And we're going to start with Oregon because it actually sits on the same parallel as Burgundy. So mm-hmm. even though we're we're on the other side of the pond, there are some similarities. And Willamette Valley is uh, one of the most highly regarded in the U.S. when it comes to Pinot Noir because of this. We've seen a lot of investment by French winemakers in mm-hmm. that area just because of the similarity in the, in the growing conditions. Right. And they're typically light in color and tart and earthy and delicate in structure. Uh, I kind of find them to be a little more rustic also and earthy than than California Pinot Noirs. And so there's definitely a distinct taste for people who are Pinot lovers where you don't want California or Oregon when talking about this particular grape domestic. Oregon totally being the more French in style, the mm-hmm. more earthy, the more, and this is what we're having now, is in Oregon. Yeah, so uh, I brought in one from Angela Vineyards. It's uh, 2017. It's from Yamhill Carlton, which is an AVA within Willamette. And wines from here tend to be uh, a little more dark cherry, uh, some vanilla. It stays warmer later in the afternoon, more in this area than any other in Willamette. And so that warmth tends to change the, the flavor. Obviously, mm-hmm. we know that Pinot Noir likes cool climate. It likes fog. So this one, Angela. Um, Yummy. Yeah. Yummy comes yeah, to mind. Yeah. I'm not I'm not quick to throw this in the dump bucket. But yeah. it's, still, it's, it's earthy, but it's just very um, bright fruity, too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Some of them kind of get a little ashy, almost. So this winery, they have an emphasis on organic and biodynamic, and I always like to find wines that or vineyard, people who take care of the earth, and I always feel like it translates into the wine as well. This used to be Angela Estates, and mm-hmm. they've repackaged and rebottled. And Angela um, Vineyards. It's really kind of cute because on the back it says, uh, the last paragraph, the last sentence, it was then raised in old oak barrels for 11 months. Like mm. it was raised. It was a little baby. <laughs> and then it got out of the pampers, and it's in an oak barrel, and it was raised for 11 months there. So, so. this one's around $38. Retail and to me, this is also has a savory finish. Yeah, that's basically like the, this needs some salami next door. My gosh, salami in this like a charcuterie board, um, and cheese with it as well. I could see like maybe a provolone, something a little on the sharp side. So sometimes you can get like in the twelve fifteen dollar retail Pinot Noir land, and it's 
dark in color. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when they label it Pinot Noir, it only has to have 75% Pinot Noir grape in it. It can have right. other stuff blended in there. And so they can throw in Syrah to make the color darker, to make it more fruit bomby and mm-hmm. stuff, which um, a lot of American palates are kind of looking for, to be honest. They are. I mean, I think that's, you know, go big or go home. It's a lot of... <laughs> A lot of the American sentiment, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of us. Yes. Um, but so when you're in the lower uh, price points, 15, anywhere kind of like under 20, I think, for a Pinot Noir, you're going to probably get more of that, like, not truly peanut noir, pe- peanut, peanut noir. I just said that. Peanut. <laughs> <laughs> peanut. So your peanut noir might... Mm-hmm. Uh, It'll probably taste a little bit more fruit forward, have a little bit more Syrah in there. Man, I am fired. Um, the other thing uh, that I find, though, is that when you get up in the price point, when you get up around in the mid-30s, mm-hmm. you're getting into a more true expression of a f- style of Pinot Noir that is s- more similar to uh, a French style. I've and got, also the better uh, California ones, too. Y- yes. And, are, are and that's when, again, your expectations go up with the price. Now we're moving down the coast. We're down estate-grown Santa Lucia Highlands, and this is SLH. Yeah, this is from Han, H-A-H-N. So what we've done is we've left Oregon. We've gone to the central coast of California, um, and they do a lot of Pinot Noir at this vineyard, and they've got uh, several different designations. This is kind of their, I think this is their flagship Pinot, this Han SLH. Again, stands for Santa Lucia Highlands. It comes from four different vineyards, Lone Oak, Doctors, Smith and Hook, and their SLH vineyard. This is a 14.5% alcohol. Okay. It tastes a little hot to me, but I'm a little sensitive to that these days. So It smells a little bit that way. You know, this area gets a lot of the cool air and fog that make these grapes happy. Um, it sits at, they say, the range of elevations between 200 and 1,200 feet above sea level. And here's a little fun fact that I found when, when looking up this wine. Hit me. Um, yes, it appeared on an episode of HBO's Big Little Lies. Oh, really? I don't get to watch any good adult oh. programming because I have a nine-year-old that commands oh. the TV. Yeah, so that's I've, I've missed all that. And this one's around the $30 range, so it's not too far off from what we just mm-hmm. tried. Mm-hmm. This is definitely... Um, Bigger, fruitier. We're south. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're further south, so we, we got a little bit more warmth and a little bit more sugar development. So I guess that would uh, indicate why there'd be a little bit more alcohol in it. But yeah, not bad though. No, and I get almost um like some butterscotch. I want to say vanilla, but it's not. Some maybe some butterscotch. Um, definitely some um earthy herbal notes, like maybe sage. Um. Now, the the wine director, Paul Clifton, who's a wine director for all of Han, uh, I saw a YouTube video with him talking about this particular vintage. It's the new vintage, mm-hmm. um, saying that what his ideal pairing would be with this is salmon. And and listen to this marinade. An equal parts of soy sauce, water, and brown sugar, and a little ginger. And marinate the salmon in that and then mm-hmm. and then grill it. Can you Can you picture that with this wine? I can picture that. Yeah. You know, one time I the did... The soy, the umami element, definitely. Yeah. Soy is helping a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, sugar might be annoying to me. I don't know. But yeah, so the I did one time I did a baked salmon with potatoes and Pinot Noir. It was like poached, mm. basically, in Pinot Noir. It was very good. Poached in Pinot. Poached in peanut. I love it. If you will. Yeah, so Han Family Vineyards, they do several... They do a bunch of different kinds of... 
of Pinot Noirs. This is their signature. This is the one that you're probably going to find more easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, there we go. Let's let's go to a different part of California now, shall we? But this is not a bad grocery store pickup. No, not at all. You know, I mean, sometimes you're in the grocery store, you're like, oh, God, kill me. You know, I mean, it's just all huge, mass-produced. I'm not saying they don't produce a lot here, but I'm saying that sometimes you just get, you know, the plonk. Sometimes you feel yeah. like you just, it's very hard to find something. And, and here's the thing, you know, when it's cold out, I mean, when it's hot out this, you know, August 18th, International Pinot Noir Day. Makes sense. This is a perfect a, a grape. Um, put a little extra chill on it. And I just think, generally speaking, you're going to uh, have a have a home run. And even if it's not a fantastic and you only paid, you know, the grocery store price, $15, if you chill it and you're outside, you're, you're still going to, I would say, nine out of ten times, have fun. Yeah, I'd stick it in the fridge for like mm-hmm. 20 minutes while you're um, grilling your stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like kielbasa. That'd now we're good. going to Russian River Valley, which I love the Zins from this area. And I just find it so funny or interesting that they well, they do Zinfandel so well, but they also do so something so it's delicate so as Pinot Noir there and Chardonnay. Yeah. The Pinots and Chardonnay from Russian River Valley are really nice. Again, you have a lot of fog that rolls in cools things down and just coats there's certain if you've you know when yeah. you've been there you can kind of stand on a ridge and you can see where where that fog just hangs Talk and about a microclimate right and this is ron rubin this is a 2017 uh, pinot noir he um he's a really cool guy he's been in the in the beverage industry for a long time and he's done a lot of different things but you know we always talk about the stories behind wines on mm-hmm. our show here and he did he's really big on charity and one of the things that he did was provide um the the medical equipment the automated external defibrillator units to a bunch of california wineries to try to uh just be more helpful you know if if something somebody was in a health crisis and they're out in the middle of nowhere then hey we've well, got the pinot noir is so good they have a heart attack yeah <laughs> sometimes all right i haven't tasted it yet it does this qualify for that for um, the nose is certainly heart attack so goodness. different yeah Yes, yeah, it's, it's always different. Every time I try a um, Russian River Pinot Noir, I kind of am reminded of um, the feeling of graham crackers and s'mores and stuff. You got it. You nailed it. It's, and, it's not sweet, though, but it's no. just got that whole, I don't want to say smoky, but like kind of toasty kind of feeling. Maybe it's from the treatment. I don't know what, what it kind is of oak program is. And I kind of like the fruit. I like the fruit is a little more luscious to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a, a good indication. Luscious is just a good word mm-hmm. to use every day. Mm-hmm. So, and this is just called Ron Rubin, Russian River Valley, mm. family owned in Sonoma County, Pinot Noir, the 2017 vintage is what it is. And the label is just like, uh, you know, a, a paintbrush stroke R mm-hmm. um, on, the, on the bottle. And you got a little um, drawing. It looks like an etching of a picture of the well, winemaker. And, and you know what? And, the, and, the, and you look at this and it looks a little Asian, that drawing, the, the brush stroke of the R, because he's really into feng shui. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal for, for Ron Rubin, the feng shui and the sustainability, uh-huh. and, it, and it carries over into the label and how it's packaged. This one, to me, I get a little, I don't know if it's eucalyptus or mint or something, and I know I had gum before I came in. I don't think it's residual from that, but that's some of the uh, the herb, herbaceousness that I get is more on the minty side. I don't know if you get any of that either, but... I get a little of the minty. I mm-hmm. feel that. Although that does seem weird, you know, as from a this area, um, from a red wine in general. Uh, it's kind of an odd one, but it's one that you don't hear a lot. But yeah, I can get that. I feel it. Mm. Especially on the finish. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is, is Sonoma. 
And we're going to keep going north. And, we're you know, we put um, pictures of all of these wines up mm-hmm. on our social media. And uh, if you want to buy them and try them and, and listen to this again and see if we're full of crap or if you, you believe yeah. us, you know. <laughs> Because we are. We are. We totally <laughs> well, are. Well, today we're full of Pinot and yeah. crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one's Shooting Star. Mm-hmm. Jed Steele's Shooting Star. I think I used to sell this. Well, you know, Jed Steele has been making wine for like 50 years, and I think mm-hmm. he's had the steel, steel winery for yeah. a couple of decades, 25, 28 something years, you know, give or take. And he has a couple of different labels. He's got the Steel, he's got the Shooting Star, and and one that I think that I really like just because of the name. Plus, it's good as Writer's Block, because I suffer from Writer's Block oh, constantly. Man. Girl, who doesn't? Yeah, and he makes say. a really good uh, Cab Franc, or you know, for Writer's mm-hmm. Block. And I think generally speaking, most of Jed's wines he wants to be affordable. So now we're moving into that under twenty dollar Pinot that we were. Um, Maybe we should have started with this one. <laughs> yeah, this has got a cool story on the back, too. It's mm-hmm. about the Shooting Star thing. Did he start the Shooting Star winery, or did he buy it? I don't know the answer to I'm that. I'm going to have to look that but up. But I know it's in his portfolio, whether it was his brain's child or somebody else's that he uh, I feel like I acquired. used to sell it and it had a different label. Or maybe yeah. somebody else had something called... Maybe it was lucky. Anyway. I think they've changed the label on Shooting Star over I the years. I don't know why I'm trying to remember things, and I know I'm never going to remember. It's one of so, those days. This says, in 1768, during an incredible meteor shower, a baby was born to the Shoshone tribe. Tribal elders believed this to be an omen and acclaimed that this baby boy would this one day baby. be a great chief of the tribe, Chief Tecumseh would always be introduced as having been born under the sign of a shooting star. Wow. So the winemaker is writing, uh, My father, an American historian of Tecumseh's era, had a great respect for the Native American hero and gave the middle name of Tecumseh. For over 40 years, I have been blending quality wines from some of the top vineyards in the western United States. Boy, I wish my eyesight was better. I could have read that a lot better. But it's an interesting story. Huh. Yeah, it is, right? And that's one of the things we like here on Great Minds is to talk about the stories. I love the stories. So this one, again, is that affordable one. So take a sip and, and tell me what you think about it. I, I appreciate the color of this not being beefed mm. up. It's basically almost transparent. I, mean, I was thinking the same thing. I was just looking at how light it is. And, mm-hmm. and it should be. It's supposed to be. Yeah. But that is one of the things that people do to manipulate Pinot. You said they add the Syrah to give it some body, also some color. And yeah, people taste with their eyeballs first. Mm-hmm. So they look at it and they're like, oh, it's not even red wine because it's so light in color. But I look at it and see that it's not so red. And I'm automatically interested because I think, oh, this kind of looks like maybe French or, or something that has been has some age on it because it's Yeah, it's got a, a little, little brick. Mm-hmm, a little brick, you're right. And But this is, what year is this? Uh, 17? Yeah, 17. Right. Uh, 13.8% alcohol. Definitely feels less hot than some of the others that we've had. Mm. I like it. I would want a little more chill on it. And this is one of those that I see in the grocery store. I would I would pick it up. Yeah, this is my For favorite. that price. Yeah. We're looking for an affordable uh, value Pinot Noir. You yeah. could put this on the list. It is a little tart on the finish, a little yeah. acidic, a little mm-hmm. thinner than some of the other ones, but it's still... Uh, a nice, nice wine. Good stuffs. I like it. Mm. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. So far, we've liked everything. And and honestly, we're not just saying we like it because we're trying <laughs> so to be nice to like people. Because we, we like this. wine. It's just 
I think what it is, it's an appreciation. You know, you appreciate the subtleties and the okay, so yeah. that might not be my favorite to have this element or a little bit of that, but I, I appreciate it and I like it. And in what we could find an occasion where it would be perfect for the food or the celebration or just the sitting and sipping element. This has a little savory on the end to me yeah, too. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's not as fruity fruity. No, as the others, which is I, I really like that. And this is from Lake County, and again, which is a little further north mm-hmm. um, from from Napa. So it's which a, a whole different really ballgame. Well with it, Sauvignon Blanc. It's funny. I always know the difference. I can tell if they're getting Sauvignon Blanc grapes from Lake County because it gets very New Zealandy up there. It gets a little more grassy and grapefruity. Mm-hmm. But um, this is interesting. I don't think I don't know that I've really had a whole lot of the Lake County Pinot Noir, like specifically Appalachian declared. I don't know either. I have to. I I think I've got some Chardonnay from from this one from Shooting Stars. We'll have to pull that out and when. We do another, we'll do a Chardonnay podcast. We can see how that's tasting as well. Yeah. Sounds well, good. happy International, International. Uh, Pinot Noir Day. Hey, next time we'll get a little bit more French. And um, hopefully by then my domain Romani Conti will be here. <laughs> Are you going kidding. to open it right away? I'm gonna, like, you're going to open that? Yeah. Like I'm the, in. The day after it gets here. Yeah. I'm not going to let it lay down or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gosh, you know what? I've got some old Pinot. That's another thing. Um we should go back and look at and pull those. Some William Selium. I've got some that have been sitting for a while. And yeah, I just, that'll be awesome. I love, we're talking about Sonoma Pinots. That's one of my favorite. I just mm-hmm. love that Benovia is another good one. Um, and there's yeah. so many from, from that area. Yeah, I like Carneros a lot. That whole... Mm. Ramsgate. Um, mm-hmm. Domain Carneros itself. They the problem oh. with the Pinot Noir coming out of Burgundy though, it's just all just priced right out of my category. I think uh, that's why I've kind of not been drinking a lot of it lately. And I mean, it you, may be incredible. It yeah. better be incredible for the price that they're asking for. <laughs> <Darn> straight. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough to even find once you do find it. And when you do, you're going to need a, a small personal loan from a bank to be able to uh, get a case. And then so. I'm going to be really snobby about who I share it with. Oh, yeah, for sure. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you're I on would, my list, though. Oh, cool. I get the yeah. invite? You're on my short list. Well, you would definitely be there if I <laughs> ever pro- did get a... Uh, <laughs> One of those? <laughs> if I ever did get a Romani Conti, that would be... Mm. Pr- too sweet. You know what I do like, and this is a great little appellation, like within the Burgundy, and I don't, I'm not going to say it's bargain, but I mean, it's usually somewhat affordable. Um, Fizan, F-I-X-I-N, looks mm-hmm. like fixin', like I'm fixin' to have some Pinot yep. Noir. But Fizan is a really nice appellation that has really mushroomy, earthy kind of a version of the Pinot Noir over in Burgundy. And I've found that it's not, I'm not going to say it's cheap, but you can afford, I mean, I can afford it. Yeah. You know. I'll have to look for that. I don't recall ever tasting that. That doesn't mean I haven't. I just don't remember. I did do a Zoom, a virtual tasting with Gary Farrell um, mm-hmm. Pinots, and we went through a lot, a lot of the single vineyards. I'm sitting here thinking like, Perry Farrell. I'm like, yeah. Jane's addiction? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to California now. And man, does, does he have some amazing ones that really run the gamut from that mm-hmm. uh, dry and tart and acidic to voluptuous and just ones that you just want to wrap your arms around and rock back and forth and cuddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I get you. Yeah. But hey, if you look on the back of a bottle and it's a uh, burgundy, it's going to be Pinot Noir. If you see one that's imported by Kermit Lynch and it's not that expensive, I'm going to tell you it's probably not bad at all. Yeah. Get so it. that's worth spending the whatever on it. Um, and if it's a Kermit Lich import, then, I mean, I'm not going to vouch for every single wine, 
but really good consistency um, as an importer bringing things in from Burgundy because as an importer, he's been working there since the 70s. Mm-hmm. So he's got these relationships with these guys and he works with them on getting the pricing where it needs to be that can make it work for the American you know, budget and uh, palate and stuff. Mm-hmm. So those are usually good purchases. You know, we have, we have not talked about the Pinot Noir from the other side of the world, which is, gosh, we're just, we just don't have enough time. Uh, the New Zealand and, yeah. uh, which we've had a couple of good ones from there. Yeah, you know, for we've sure. We've definitely tried some good ones. They're really doing some fun things there. Uh, and every time I get to pull one of those, uh, the Ned has a good one. Ned. And uh, Maison L'Envoyé, uh, which has projects in both Oregon and Burgundy. So, gosh, we're getting excited. We gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Open some more wine vineyards. Let's get some of that <laughs> yeah. wrath. That is a good mm. one. And then, of course, we didn't even go into Pinot Nero from Italy. Have you had any good Pinot Neros lately? Not lately. Yeah, they're, they're can out we do there. that next tomorrow? I don't see them a lot. I don't yeah. see them on the shelves a whole lot. But okay, we'll do that next time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producer for online media is Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Mike Canary. Great Minds theme music for Zante is by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check greatminds.org or call the Grape Line. Call this number, ask us a wine question that we can address on a future show. And we want some questions. Yeah, come on. Ask us. We can try to find the answer. If we don't know it, we'll figure it out. Right. 707 200 3632. Thanks for listening. 